Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and To Kill Ya. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we are bringing you a Christmas special. Uh, This episode comes out the Tuesday right before Christmas. And we decided to bring some festive holiday cheer (laughs) and some fear all in one. Cheer and fear. I love it. Holiday cheer and holiday fear. My two favorite things. (laughs) Well, then I think we have something fun for all of you today. It is something a little different. I had a lot of fun researching it. What about you, Sid? I did have a lot of fun, um, specifically on that text message I sent you last night. Oh, I'm sure we'll get to that. (laughs) I was so thrilled for no reason. (laughs) Well, I guess we should just dive right into it, right? Yeah, Peyton, like you said earlier, roll out. (laughs) Roll out. (laughs) Many people may or may not know that Christmas has a lot of its roots in pagan traditions, not just Christianity. Long before Christmas, the winter solstice was celebrated by pagans and those of other various religions. Many places knew it as Yule. Yule was known as the season to focus on rebirth and renewal amongst the death of life all around after the harvest of autumn and while most plants and living things around would die. Today we'll be telling you some of the less famous Yule traditions or legends and maybe adding a few well-known ones at the end. From Icelandic traditions comes our first legend, known as the Christmas Witch. Gryla has been known since around the 13th century when her tales traveled by word of mouth. Her name translated means growler. She had not been linked to Christmas or Yule until around the 17th century. So although her Name was around in her legends. It was really in the 1600s when she was associated with the Christmas or Yule time. There are many descriptions of what she looks like. Sometimes Gryla is described as an ogress, a giant, or even a troll. One rhyme passed down said she has 15 tails, each of which holds 100 bags with 20 children in each bag doomed to be feasted on by her and her family. Some other poems describe eyes in the back of her head, ears that hang so long they hit her in the nose, a matted beard, blackened teeth, and hooves. Sorry, I couldn't get through that without laughing. (laughs) Just like the Sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say, it's quite the description there. It really is. Like, the picture is not great. And definitely doing some research. We'll post some fun pictures on our social media. Sydney and I already talked about how there's a lot of fun ones. Uh, 
she is not depicted in a <laughs> nice way at all. No. She definitely looks like an evil witch. More like, more like, like a, definitely a, I could see the witch vibes, but it's like an ogre almost, like Shrek vibes. Creepy Shrek. Yes. 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 A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Originally, Gryla was described as a sort of beggar. She would walk around asking parents to give her their misbehaving children. And she could be finagled away by offering her food or chasing her away. Gryla originally lived in a small small cottage, but then in later poems, she was forced out of town and lived in a remote cave. Really don't know how she lived in a small cottage because she is described as like a giant or an ogre. (laughs) But I guess Shrek lived in his own cottage of sorts so (laughs) that's my point of reference (laughs) it's just one of those things that they just fit in and you don't understand how like it's like a clown car literally (laughs) like they go in this little cottage and like once they go in the cottage it's like the cottage is huge inside for no reason (laughs) (laughs) it's like a lot bigger and roomier on the inside maybe than what i'm picturing (laughs) exactly Nowadays, Gryla has the ability to sense if children are misbehaving year-round, and during Christmas time, she comes down from her cave in the mountains to drag them back with her and eat them. Most legends even say she would boil them alive and make them into stew. Almost all the legends say that stew is her favorite way to eat these children. According to legend, she also has a husband, Lepo, I'm going to butcher the name, Lepoludi, who is lazy and stays in the cave. Uh, it was not a great depiction of her husband. <laughs> it said she's been married. That would be her fourth husband, according to legend. And the one before this, she got angry with and ate him. <laughs> So it sounds like her current husband is also on the list that she's going to get angry with him if he's very lazy and get get eaten. I like more God that he just like tries to stay out of the way. <laughs> I was Let picturing like <laughs> another Shrek laying on the couch. All Shreks. <laughs> just a bunch of Shreks just like farting and burping all day just sitting there by himself. And she just comes home like I just got all these kids and my stew, and you're just fucking sitting here, not doing anything all day. I'm the only one that works. Just going off. I could actually really see that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, was there anything else on Gryla you wanted to add before I add to the other people living with her and her husband in the mountains? Um, so Gryla, I do have another thing that I had read about, you know, Stu is her favorite, but it was also said that she's said to be constantly hungry. So that's why she's always feasting on these children. Which oh, I yeah, I saw that too. Also constantly hangry. <laughs> and, 
In current times, Gryla was actually featured in 2018 on a Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode, but she was depicted Ooh. as more of a witch than a Shrek figure that we're referencing. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Did you ever watch that show or, like, see that? Not that specific, like, episode or anything, but I did watch that show, yes. Okay, so I've been obsessed with her and, like, the concept of her since then, which was, like, when I was trying to do, like, Christmas, something different for Christmas, and I saw her name on, like, the legends, I was like, ooh, yes, gotta cover it. Ooh, I'm gonna have to look then. (laughs) So, I like the depiction of her. She is very, like, hot-tempered and uh, angry all the time and likes to drink and eat, but... She wasn't, she was definitely more of like a witch and not like an ogre. She was, I mean, it was an actress that portrayed yeah. her. She was like a lot more attractive than you would picture. Well, then. Yeah. So then I had to dive into who she was to uh, understand that it was very different in the show. But I highly recommend the show too, just a side note. <laughs> Love it. I think I'm going to have to go back to it. I feel like I watched, like, part of the first episode, and then I was like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if I was going to really like it, but I'm a big fan. Hmm. All right. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Well, like I mentioned, Gryla and her husband are not alone in this cave. The Yule Lads had originally been mentioned solely on their own, but then it was adapted to include them in Gryla's legend. The Yule Lads, also known as Yulemen and Yuletide Lads, are said to be the 13 sons of Gryla and Lepaludi. I'm just hoping I'm saying his name right, by the way. (laughs) All 13 of these Yule Lads have very descriptive names. Think like the seven dwarves in Snow White. (laughs) But instead, they depict their mischievous behavior, like pot scraper and door slammer. (laughs) You want to jump in with any of that, too, before I continue to go on? Or (laughs) Yes, yes, I do, especially since you didn't mention my personal favorite, uh, the spoon licker. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a good one. (laughs) Steals and licks wooden spoons, but is also extremely thin due to malnutrition. I was like, how can you be so thin if you're sitting here licking everybody's spoons, my guy? Because he only does it for, like, 13 days. (laughs) Or two weeks. (laughs) And he doesn't eat the rest of the year, just mischievously. (laughs) Well, fine. I I, I guess I'm just picturing constant licking of spoons. Yeah, there was a a chart on one of the websites both Sydney and I found that lists, like, all their names and what they're described as, like, doing. And then there's usually some sort of physical feature that, Mm -hmm. like, hurts them almost. (laughs) It could, like, delay them from, like, being too dangerous. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, they... I want to say superpower, but that's not the right word. Like, they're not their superpower. It's, like, their flaw. Yes. Like, there's one that his sole goal is to mess with sheep. (laughs) But 
he's got stiff legs, so he can't move around very quickly. And so as a sheep scatter, then he just leaves and moves on to the next farm. So it's like a very temporary thing is what the legends have <laughs> depicted. Like, all right. That was fun, guys. On to the next one. Let me <laughs> figure out how to get there. Literally. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, these Yule Lads come to prank people, harass them, and potentially harm them in some of the darker tales. However, mostly their arrival is to steal food or pull pranks and just kind of scare people, but they don't really mess with them, like, in a harmful way. Like, Ryla's eating kids. The Yule Lads don't do that. (laughs) I also saw that they did so in the night as the sun was said to turn them into stone. Fun fact, they are also mentioned in that episode of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and it is at night that they come, and they're like almost like ghosts. You don't see them. So I thought that was interesting. That'd be even spookier if a, a ghost licked my spoon. Yes. Like, there's literally <laughs> a scene where, like, they can hear laughter And, like, walk in the room and, like, the pots are rattling and stuff, but no one's there. And then they, like, there's flour on the floor, like, that from baking that spilled. And you can see, like, little footprints. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) I'm definitely going to have to go. I'm going to have to just go find this now. (laughs) I'll see if I can find it on YouTube and just send you, like, that clip. (laughs) I need to see this. Well, starting 13 days before Christmas, the Yule Lads leave the mountains one each day until they have all arrived on Christmas Eve to plague the country with their pranks. Then on Christmas Day, just like they arrived, they all begin to leave one by one in the order they came. I know that's super confusing. So basically, 13 days before Christmas, the first one shows up 12 days before Christmas. The second one shows up, and it's like that until Christmas Eve. Then on Christmas Day, the first one leaves. And by January 6th, at the end of their holiday celebrations, the Yule Lads have returned to their cave in the mountains until the next Yuletide season. Nowadays, (laughs) their legend has transformed quite a bit. Instead of being like gruesome trolls, They are described and depicted a bit more jolly. Honestly, from, like, the newer pictures I was seeing, it really reminds me of Santa Claus himself, which was weird. (laughs) And instead of pulling pranks, they actually leave gifts in the shoes of good children. For the bad kids, they get a potato in their shoe. I'm going to be real honest. I like potatoes. I like all forms of potatoes. So you putting a potato in my shoe is not a bad thing for me. <laughs> like, like those, um, I always get the emails where you can, like, send people a potato. I think I sent your sister a potato <laughs> one time. And then they just, like, write on it in Sharpie. <laughs> I just, like, wash the potato and, like, make my own french fries or... Like a baked potato. <laughs> like I'm very confused. I, I guess more the of like child, a, yeah, like not getting like candy or a gift, and you get a potato is probably like, oh man. 
I don't even know if it'd be like an all man. It'd be like, what the hell is this? I don't want this. And then they throw a <laughs> tantrum. Well, and that's probably why they're bad. <laughs> touche. Touche. So I thought this part was funny. Gryla and her evil clan were so terrifying to children in the 18th century that in 1746, the Icelandic parliament outlawed the use of her legend as a scare tactic. So basically the government in Iceland was like, yo, we can't use this anymore to scare kids into being good kids. Like this is not healthy. (laughs) So instead that's kind of where like the Yule lads, that's when the transition started. And instead of being eaten, harassed, Bad children just got potatoes in their shoes by the Yule lads. And parents could, like, con Gryla by, like, giving her food. That's not as fun. No, it's not as fun at all. But I thought it was very interesting because the government had to step in and say this is not healthy mentally for these children. (laughs) That makes you almost wonder, like, what were the conversations or like what what was going down with this like was there an instance where they're like all right you guys need to calm down like this is getting out of control well I can only imagine because obviously like I've read excerpts like translated into like legends or parts of poems of these stories about them and (laughs) I can't say like that they're terrifying but I think back then, in the 1700s, it probably scared the shit out of people. I found something interesting, too. So, at this time, people, like, really genuinely in the area believed that there were things like giants and trolls or ogres living in, like, mountains and caves and things like that. Adults use this as well, like had this belief as well. And a big part of it I saw was that, uh, especially like once the winter time came and it was dark and it was getting dark sooner and it was cold out and it was after harvest, like a lot of children might leave later in the day to do something and never return. And There obviously can be like a million different reasons why, but in those small villages, it wasn't uncommon. And so there was like a huge fear, not just for children at this time, but also a lot of adults for Gryla and the Yule Lads. That's pretty wild to think like, I guess them all being under this belief of monsters. I don't know what the right term I want to say is trolls being out there when it's probably just it's really cold out. They get stuck somewhere. Yeah. And never come back. Or they like slip and fall somewhere and it's like mountainous villages. Freeze to death. A lot of places now, there are still like festivals where you can find Gryla and the Yule Lads. I saw during the holidays, the Yule Lads are almost appear like Santa Claus. Like they show up at festivals and uh, different like things around Iceland, giving out presents to kids, just like you'd see Santa. And Gryla, I, I'm sure, said you saw the pictures of like the mask and the costumes. 
for like different types of festivals where she's included as well. But I think it's more mm-hmm. like jolly fun now instead of like a, <laughs> a scare tactic. <laughs> like, oh, you better be good. Gryla's going to get you out. <laughs> but not like, you better be good. You're going to die. <laughs> no, you're just going to get makes- a potato. Yeah, now you're just sending out a potato. Potato, potato. (laughs) Well, last but not least of Gryla and her clan is the, in the Icelandic legends, is their pet known as the Yule Cat. I have to say, as a cat lady myself, it really sounded like something that'd be considered, you know, like an adorable cat around the holidays. It's like, oh, the Yule Cat. That sounds so fun. Wrong. That's <laughs> very wrong. If you see this cat, you would definitely be terrified. The Yule Cat is described as a huge and vicious cat that lurks in the snow, coming down from the mountains during Christmas time, and eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. Back in the day, those who worked hard received new clothes at Christmas, and those who were deemed lazy did not. So it was like a huge incentive for both adults and children alike to work hard year-round. The stories of the Yule Cat have actually only been traced back to the 1800s, and it's heavily believed that the story was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the wool the wool <laughs> from the autumn harvest before Christmas. The ones who helped with the work would be rewarded with clothes often, and then those who did not help wouldn't get any clothes and could fall victim to this cat. So I thought that was interesting because since it's like a little more recent, they do have an idea of at least why it started. Some stories tell of tricking the Yule Cat by leaving out your old clothes and hoping it meets the standards needed. I'll tell you this, I don't want to be one of those people that try to trick the Yule Cat. That's for damn sure. (laughs) No, that doesn't sound like a good time. Other versions of the cat have also been watered down throughout time. Describing it as a mischievous cat looking to eat the food of those who do not get new clothes instead of a beast coming to feast on humans. So I thought that was interesting. You can kind of see how it's all three of these Icelandic legends have transitioned into something a little more watered down and a little more uh, friendly for the family. (laughs) So uh, that actually wraps up my Icelandic legends i have two more um that might be a little more well known depending but before i moved on said i want to see if you had anything to add to those three before i move on and tell you two more about two more legends so i guess the only thing i know you said that you kind of read some of those old poems um like the versions like the english versions or whatever like the translated versions um i guess i just wanted to chime in with that when i was attempting to read through those may i add i literally felt like i was like reading beowulf like the original one 
just some <laughs> of the words some of the words I was like I can't even keep going like it's just tripping me up that's my only real comments I wanted to throw out there just so you guys can understand like how old yeah some they're of these old, legends really they, are it's also I think they don't translate well either <laughs> That's true, but, like, some of the words that they used, I was like, what am I reading right now? Definitely Beowulf in my English high school class. Yes. (laughs) And I think that's something that, like, everyone knows Beowulf. So, like, that was the easiest description I could come up with. (laughs) I'm like, lots of Beowulf vibes right now. (laughs) Lots. (laughs) But, no, let's, let's hear the next two that you got. Okay, so I kind of have some fun ones. Okay, they're not fun. They're a l- actually a little more terrifying. The next one's fun. <laughs> so if you are a fan of The Office, you will definitely know this next legend. Sydney, you're not an Office fan, are you? No, I've seen it. I've watched it. There is some funny parts, but I can only say I've honestly watched it one time through. That's all. (laughs) Okay, well, I will just say, have no fear. Boschnickel is here. (laughs) Fear or cheer. (laughs) Uh, So that's actually one of my favorite Christmas episodes that they have is Dwight does a traditional like holiday party as his family would celebrate it as and he dresses up as Boschnickel. So who the hell is he? <laughs> Boschnickel is a companion of Sna- companion of St. Nicholas who is there to dole out punishments to those who are naughty. He carries around a switch to spank the kids on the naughty list. Belschnickel, oddly enough, is actually primarily only still celebrated in many Pennsylvania German communities and a bit of Indiana, too. I also saw, like, Pennsylvania Dutch. So I thought that was really interesting, too, because in the office, Dwight is there in Pennsylvania and he's German. And so everyone's like, what the heck? But it was like, that's actually really true. It's only like celebrated in these communities here in the U.S. still. They've kind of moved on from Belschnickel in Germany, but the origins of him date back to the 1800s. And it was largely with the settlement of the U.S. from German immigrants in certain areas. So it was like they almost developed their own companion to St. Nicholas here in the U.S. Belschnickel is described as a bad-tempered, wizened old man and he almost looks like a like saint nicholas but like a bit more rough (laughs) so he usually has a beard and some sort of facial hair but it's usually like brown and he tends to be in like brown rags or kind of of sorts it almost it reminds me of like an old homeless person like back in the day who you might picture is like kind of raggedy and run down and dirty and in like these rags from like the 17 1800s that's what I picture is what Belschnickel looks like oftentimes he made sure good kids received nuts cakes or candies in modern legends 
Belschnickel arrives a couple of weeks before Christmas to scare the children into behaving. And I thought that how he does this is kind of funny. He knocks on doors or windows and the children are required to either answer a question or sing him a song. If they do so correctly, he gives them candy. However, if the children grab the candy too quickly, Belschnickel spanks them. I was like, okay. <laughs> this was like game show network. Like, you got to answer this question. True or false? <laughs> well, well, you have to sing this song, this specific chorus. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Okay, hold on. It's, I'm going to. It's I definitely. It's definitely funny. I'm just picturing an old guy standing at on my porch like, oh, you have to sing the chorus to I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Now. <laughs> I think some of it would be fun. I think it would be a lot of fun. I don't know, but it also could be scary. <laughs> That's, yeah. I So, That's- like... It sounds fun and lighthearted, but it's supposed to still be something to kind of scare children into, like, behaving. I think that, I mean, yeah, I think I'm looking at it more, like, in a goofy way. It's definitely, like, something, like, this guy's showing up at your porch to question you or do this. And if you don't act right, you're going to lose, basically. Yes, basically. So, <laughs> that's, like, a fun way to put it. <laughs> like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yes, that's kind of how I picture it. So, like, and I'll get into it with our next uh, legend, because a lot of, like, European countries have, like, companions to Santa Claus or St. Nicholas. That is not as pleasant as... St. Nicholas at all. They're like an evil counterpart. One article received uh, kind of mentioned it and compared it to like good cop, bad cop. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But they're supposed to be frightening. In the office, Dwight goes around and asks people if they've been impish or admiral, admirable that year instead of like good or bad. <laughs> So I just thought that was also a fun little tidbit to add on. I don't really hear anything ever about Belschnickel. So I kind of wanted to add him into here. uh, Because I just thought it was something funny. If you've watched Office, it's like a little fun reference. Um, And then I have one last one I wanted to talk about. And honestly, it's probably like the most common Christmas legend or like foreign Christmas legend for us Americans that we commonly know. If I could give you one guess, Sydney, do you think you could get it? (laughs) Yes. What is it? Krampus. (laughs) It is. (laughs) I don't feel like that was big, though, until that movie came out. Okay, so I kind of think so, too. I didn't really know... 
I mean, like, maybe I heard about Krampus, but I didn't really know anything. And then the movie made it big, which I did see. And I watched it when Anya was probably, like, six. We mm. watched, she really, really, really wanted to watch this movie. And Morgan and I were like, ooh, don't know if you can watch this movie. It might be too scary for you. And she freaking love this movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a very good movie. I do actually want to watch it again. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, so I'm not going to go, like, super in-depth. Uh, I kind of just give, like, a quick summary and some fun facts. And so Krampus is a companion of St. Nicholas. It's, like, mostly believed in Austria, Slovenia, Germany, Croatia, and northern Italy. Just kind of, like, that area in Europe. So as I mentioned, like, many European countries believe in some sort of companion to St. Nicholas. St. Nick's there to treat the good kids, but their companion is there to, like, dish out these punishments to those who did not behave. (laughs) Krampus is described as a half-goat monster with a long tongue and horns and cloven hooves as feet and claws for hands. So, like... I'll be honest, I was reading that and I was like, hey, that's kind of funny because that's like a lot of how a lot of descriptions of Satan himself, like on human, on earth, (laughs) human form. That's how Satan is described, like half goat with horns, cloven hooves. And so I thought that was really kind of ironic, especially since they've nicknamed him now. Krampus is now the devil of Christmas. So it's very obvious that Krampus is the most evil and sinister companion that St. Nicholas has. I read some summaries on some other ones that are also very messed up, including lots of like child murderers and torturers. Um, But I think the description of Krampus's features like really put him at the top of the evil people you don't want to come across this holiday season. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'd probably poop my pants. (laughs) Literally, same. And then die. (laughs) You're like, I don't know. (laughs) That would be the end. I would be like, all right, I quit. (laughs) Just kill me. Literally. (laughs) So a couple articles I saw talk about, like, how Krampus's origins, like, they're really not certain how long ago it dates back. But a lot of things mentioned that he dates back long before the times of Christ which I thought is very interesting because that would definitely put his roots a hundred percent in paganism so I just thought I'd include that but and prior to like Santa Claus and the story of Saint Nicholas so I don't I don't really know how it's evolved (laughs) from the origins we really only know how he is known now I did also note that in German Krampus translates to claw not 100% if that is correct I did look it up several places said it so if it's incorrect my German is just awful and that's because I know how to say one thing. So. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. I don't even know what that means. Speaking German. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it uh, translates to, but that does sound about right. Uh, I only know good morning, which is guten morgen. And I only know that because when I was little, we thought it was so funny that Morgan's name meant Morgan morning. Because, <laughs> you know, she, does, she doesn't wake up in the mornings. So. That's, that is funny. That is that's a good <laughs> one. So Krampus carries around a birch to whip bad children and oftentimes is also seen carrying some sort of basket or sack. He would come to torture and beat kids and then oftentimes would kidnap them and take them back to his evil lair where he would presumably torture them some more until killing them. So sounds like fun times. <laughs> some cities and areas specifically in Austria, the people have put the stories of Krampus to the back burner. Their goal is to not scare children any longer into trying to behave. So, like, as you can see, a lot of these stories are somehow, like, legends used as, like, scare tactics of something. And Austria was not having any of it. But I do think it's funny that some places have kind of embraced it and kind of leaned into the story of Krampus. They have celebrations I saw 5K runs. There was a 5K run in Munich <laughs> that they run every year. That's like Krampus themed. There are festivals and other things like that. And the last thing I just really wanted to mention about him. December 5th has been named Krampusnock. <laughs> I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. But it's like basically translates into Krampus night. It's a celebration in a lot of Alpine towns, especially in Germany, where many Krampuses march through in elaborate and creepy looking costumes. Some of them look very sinister and evil. However, recently, <laughs> this tradition has become a huge nuisance in those areas. The Krampuses have been getting too drunk, getting in fights, and they tend to destroy property along the way. So a lot of areas that have and celebrate Krampusnacht are looking to kind of figure out a way to move forward without Krampus ruining their town. <laughs> Just a straight up monster. Oh, I thought it was the whole, great. The well, whole city just wasted. <laughs> yeah, so they all get dressed up as, well, not all of them, but a bunch of people will get dressed up as Krampus in these huge elaborate costumes, just get hammered, get into fights, destroy stuff. And I'm like, this, I think if there was like an epitome of Krampus night that like didn't involve killing children or kidnapping them, this is the most accurate we would get. <laughs> I really want to be a part of one of those. Like, before they get rid of that, like, before the government shuts that down, like, I would really like to go to one of those. A hundred percent bucket list item. Like, I want to go. A bunch of Germans fighting each other in Krampus costumes. So many people are like, oh, I want to go to Germany during Oktoberfest. No, I want to go December 5th. I do want to do that, though, too. I do want to do that, too. (laughs) But... I would. I think that I would rather watch a bunch of drunk Krampuses fight each other. 
a hundred percent same. <laughs> well, those are all I have for the Christmas legends. Now I will say there are so many more and I had a lot of fun looking into this. Hopefully it's a lot of fun for all of you who listen to like learn something new about how Christmas is celebrated or used to be celebrated in different areas. Because I'll tell you this, this was fun. I'd love to do something like this again. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And if we're doing this again, next, hopefully we're still doing this next year. <laughs> I have a long list of more to add. <laughs> so. hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I just did some big ones now, but maybe we'll do some more obscure ones next year. <laughs> Well, do you have anything else to add, Sid, that I might have missed? I do not have anything uh, specific to add to uh, this tale that you've told us today. Okay, well, you got a joke and a fact for me, by chance? I do have both of those. Sweet. Which one do you want? Hit me with a fact first. All right. So I wanted to stick with the the Christmas theme. So we're not doing a tacos or tequila fact today. But did you know that Santa didn't always dress up in red? And initially his clothes were green, purple, or blue. Coca-Cola started dressing dressing him up in colors to match like their brand and their logo. And the red and white just stuck. That's so interesting. Super weird, right? I was like, I can't imagine Santa in like a a purple outfit. Even blue. Green. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of wild. I wonder if I can like find some old, some like really old like pictures of it. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to old Santa not red. Not red. Oh my gosh, here's the blue jacket. Yes, yes. That's so weird. It says until the 1800s, he didn't wear red. That is so cool, Sid. I never knew that. Yes, I thought that was super. That's why I just looked up like other things to stick with the. It has to be sooner than the 1800s too, because I'm looking at pictures from like. (laughs) <laughs> five years ago like, <laughs> nine it was like 1930 or something i think when coca-cola took like started with the logo stuff that would make sense so anything prior to that it was like green i saw a picture and it was like tan um and then yeah the the red and white colors just stuck which is super weird just how I don't know, made me think, like, the media and, like, the branding and stuff, how they, like, can stick that and just goes everywhere. That's so interesting. I'm, I'm learning a lot. I appreciate these fun facts. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm here to provide. (laughs) Okay. Hit me with a joke. The joke's still tacos related, though. Don't worry. Okay, sweet. 
why do ghosts avoid Bed Bath and Beyond after eating Taco Bell? Why? They don't want to get the sheets. <laughs> I didn't know how I felt about that one. It was on my list, and I was like, mm. I feel like it needs to get used at some point, though, so we're doing it. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> I was looking for, um, like, funny Krampus jokes, but I don't think they exist. What? <laughs> Lame. Um, no, I saw some, like, I saw some memes that I'm actually going, we're going to have to. Sure. We'll be posting on social media. <laughs> Yay, I love it. <laughs> These are funny. So, yeah, I'm going to save a couple, so we'll post them on social media, too, because it very much, the legend of Krampus is still very much celebrated. And we'll uh, give everyone some holiday cheer with those. Yes, absolutely. Cheer and fear. <laughs> so, I guess that's all I've got. Oh, we got to tell you where you can find us. Hopefully, if you're not, this isn't the first episode you're listening to, you know where to find us. We are found on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram at Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, Tacos and Um, If you're listening, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you should definitely leave us a rating or a review. We really like to read those and it helps us get noticed and we really appreciate it. And... Also on our website, you can find links to merch. It is a little late to probably order in time for the holidays since Christmas is this week. But you can still rock it out for starting off the new year strong. It's weird that I'm saying the new year. Yeah, I'm not ready for that at all. (laughs) It's going to be weird. Well, I hope everyone... Who celebrates has a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Yeah. Hanukkah already passed. I wish everyone a Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I don't know when that date is. But (laughs) everyone's included. Happy Holidays. And I guess we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!